this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode nothing seems to be going easy for the congress even selecting and electing a non gandhi family member as a congress president has proved to be a tall order Rajasthan Chief Minister Ashok Gehlot claimed that he didn't know anything about a pro-incumbent revolt in the state legislature party, even as Sachin Pilot waits in the wings to become Chief Minister. After an apology to Party President Sonia Gandhi, Mr. Gehlot opted out of the Congress President's race. The contest is now between old warhorse Malikarjun Kharge and Shashi Tharoor. To decode what this means for the Congress, I am joined by Sandeep Phukan. who covers the party for the hindu welcome to the in focus podcast sandeep thank you so sandeep my first question you know can you put this gehlot rebellion pro incumbent revolt whatever it was in perspective since he was the candidate who was going to you know who had the official backing so to speak to become the president of the congress so so you know it's no secret that gehlot and sachin pilot don't share cordial relationship we saw that in 2020 july when sachin pilot unsuccessfully revolted against him mr gelot calling him names referring to him as nakara and nikamba so it you know that is the background clearly mr gelot was not interested in the top job of the congress party he was actually nudged one can use the word nudged or one can use the word forced into accepting that role it was very clear that the gandhis given the situation given the backdrop of several in a series of electoral losses the gandhis did not want to contest again rahul gandhi had made that very clear in 2019 when he had stepped down at that point of time several congress leaders somehow managed to persuade mrs sonia gandhi to take charge as interim president Uh, even in that role she completed more than 3 years and uh, after that they eventually announced an election mr gelot was you know among the senior most of congress leaders he was from the hindi he's from a hindi speaking state he was seen as the ultimate loyalist as you put it so you know he sort of ticked all the boxes and given the situation that congress finds itself in they thought that he is the best bet I think what they did not anticipate was the intensity of his rivalry with uh, his younger colleague Sachin Pilot. Mr. Gelot was, in fact, you would recall, it was uh, the Hindu that had broken the story that Sonia Gandhi asked him to lead the party. This was 23rd of August when we had done that story, right? And after that, you know, Mr. Gelot tried to sort of downplay it, said that no, I will try to persuade Rahul Gandhi. when it became clear to him that the gandhis will not relent uh, and that he will have to accept the role the next question that came was that who succeeds him i think this is where their planning went awry uh, the gandhis perhaps thought that given the fact that mr gelot is seen to be an ultimate loyalist of the gandhi family uh, he may have reservations but now that he is being elevated to a you know to the party's top job and he will be calling the shots in terms of being the national president he will not have reservations against sachin pilot being nominated as his successor and that is precisely where things went wrong 
MLA's, uh, I mean, clearly Mr. Gelot claims that he had no knowledge, but no one is going to buy that argument that as many as 92 MLA's would gather at one place and that to one of his closest aides, uh, Shanti uh, Dhariwal, and then uh, raise the banner of revolt. So I think given this, there was a rethink on the part of the Gandhi family uh, that if there was a revolt uh, in the Rajasthan Congress, they even risk losing the government if they push things around. That's why a compromise, a face saver was sort of brought out. You heard Mr. Gehlot coming out of that meeting with Sonia Gandhi on Thursday and he said that he apologized, he took moral responsibility, he said sorry, and then he said that given these circumstances, I am not going to contest. And he formally opted out, he formally bowed out of the race. So, you know, Gandhi's got what they wanted, that a chief minister, a sitting chief minister, came out and apologized you know, for the actions that, uh, or for the events that happened on 25th of September. And uh, eventually Gandhi's uh, found his replacement in Malikarjun Kharge, who again is, uh, you know, one of the staunchest loyalists of uh, the Gandhi family. Sandeep, before we move to the, you know, Congress's uh, election uh, battle for the post of president, you know, I I just want to ask you one, uh, you know, separate but related thing. You know, the Congress party and its high command is presiding over a bit of a wasteland, you know. you They have uh, governments in, uh, you know, in Chhattisgarh and in Rajasthan. Uh, they are in Alliance, in Jharkhand. Uh, please do add, you know, where else, wherever else they are in power. But the sense that I get is that if they can't, uh, you know, if the party can't uh, hold its flock together, and we saw what happened in Goa and the 92 MLAs, as you said, you know, it, it's going to be very difficult if people who trust the Congress, who want to vote for it, see that their MLAs, their elected MLAs are running over to the BJP and elsewhere. And it looks as if the Congress is completely locked in an internal battle, you know, forget taking on the role of, um, you know, uh, trying to pose a challenge to the BJP. I mean, what's your sense? Is the Congress going to be able to have some semblance of discipline when it comes to dealing with party leaders? Because as you rightly said, you know, he came out and apologized because he couldn't get that resolution passed, Mr. Gellos. But one would have thought that he would have resigned as chief minister because that was his failure. Absolutely. But as I said, that I think uh, it was very clear. I think if you look at the Rajasthan episode, what is clear is that the Gandhis had not anticipated the intensity of rivalry between Mr. Gellos and Mr. Pilot. They thought that eventually he will come around. That did not happen. Uh, at least I, for one, don't believe that the MLAs revolted on their own. It surely had the blessings of the chief minister. So, I mean, you can imagine that if somebody who's considered as an ultimate loyalist, if he could turn a rebel, uh, then it just shows that Gandhi's, uh, the, the erosion of political capital of the Gandhi family within the Congress hold. Now, if that happens within the Congress, so coming to the first part of your question, you know, Will the Congress have a semblance of discipline? It is going to be very difficult. Uh, many of these, you recall the Goa election campaign of the Amadmi Party. They kept pitching that, you know, don't waste your vote by electing or voting uh, a Congress MLA because eventually he, uh, he or she is going to join the BJP. And they proved to be correct. 
And that's precisely what happened. Yeah, that's precisely what happened. So that is, uh, and in fact, that is the pitch that uh, Mr. Kejriwal and his party has now adopted even for other election-bound states like uh, Himachal Pradesh and uh, Gujarat. But this is a problem that the, whoever becomes now the next Congress president will have to deal with uh, attrition, the quality of people uh, that they sort of select to become candidates and if they win, uh, you know, how loyal would be to the Congress ideology. I'm not talking about the Congress leadership. Will they be able to uh, continue in the Congress or will they uh, jump ship? I mean, you look at G23, for example, there have been so many leaders, many of them, uh, some of them have actually joined the BJP, uh, but many of them, you know, have been completely sidelined uh, and yet they continue to be within the party because they cannot make that ideological shift. They cannot, uh, you know, join the BJP like, say, Jitin Prasad did, or for that matter, Jyotiraditya Siddhya did. So a person like Sandeep Dixit has become non-entity within the Congress. He talked about reforms, yet uh, he continues to be in the party where he was. So, uh, you know, that is the dilemma for many people, many young people, who find that they don't have a future in the Congress. Some choose to cross the ideological divide and some others sort of, you know, continue where they are or maybe they just get go into oblivion. So it's quite a bleak scenario then because, you know, we are like 18, 19 months away from a general election. We even see people like uh, Nitish Kumar, uh, you know, a new convert to opposition politics coming together. But Congress is completely looking inward, you know. And uh, the interesting thing is they're getting a lot of play in the media because perhaps they can, you know, the media can report, focus more on the Congress, uh, you know, than other parties. But the bottom line is that if this continues, Sandeep, I mean, will you have a party to cover? <laughs> That's... That's the million-dollar question. But look, I mean, the point is that we've been around since the late 90s when we saw the Congress was really a non-entity. And then uh, gradually, even after the India Shining campaign, they bounced back and how. So it's not, I mean, you know, maybe uh, it's not very wise to sort of write them off or to write their obituaries just yet. But yes, it's a fact that, you know, there is a severe leadership crisis and whoever comes in as the next leader, uh, you know, and Mr. Kharge is clearly the favorite, Malkarjum Kharge, uh, has to deal with this. You know, they will have to inspire confidence among its own leaders, number one, so that it, uh, it effectively deals with attrition. Number two, it has to reach out to those voters who want to vote for the Congress but seems to be confused. Who do they vote for? What do they vote for? The Congress seems to be a house uh, which is, you know, in, in chaos. So that sense of chaos uh, needs to be corrected. Whoever takes charge needs to send, uh, send this signal or message that, look, now we have a leadership. We, have, we will set things right. And we will raise your issues and we will become an effective opposition and eventually uh, a political force to take on the BJP for 2024. The only silver lining, I would say, is that they have still time. You know, they at least have uh, 18 months or more uh, for the next general election. So if they are focused on it, uh, it's not an impossible task to, uh, you know, turn things around. I'm not saying that, you know, they will be in contention to form the government. 
But, you know, they can certainly improve and become more effective in terms of a counter-political force. So now, Sandeep, I want to come to the election itself. So we saw, you know, the Gandhi family, in a sense, anointing Ashok Gehlot first and now Malikarjun Kharge after all the drama and tamasha in Rajasthan. And then we've seen a very consistent Shashi Tharoor, you know, who's been talking about elections, who's been wanting to contest. I mean, he's clearly shown that he's interested in the top job in the Congress party. And we also saw Mr. Tharoor going and meeting, uh, I think, uh, all the three Gandhi family members individually and then coming out and saying that there is no official candidate. But we all know that there is a semi-official candidate who has the backing. And yesterday, we also saw all uh, many of the G23 members standing in support of Mr. Kharge. So why is it that, you know, someone like Mr. Tharoor, who has shown that he's serious in politics, you know, why can't some, uh, why can't there be a real election for the top job? You know? Because we all know that the Gandhi family is quite central, and you know it better than anyone else, to the politics of the Congress. Absolutely. I think, as I look at it, this is uh, for the first time in 22 years that formally, uh, Gandhi is not in the electoral fray. So, you know, since 1998, it, it has either been uh, Mrs. Sonia Gandhi or uh, Rahul Gandhi, who's been at the helm of affairs. So it's for the first time in 22 years that they are not there. The family is certainly very central to the uh, politics of the Congress. Uh, I would imagine that there is also a sense of insecurity in the first family or uh, of the Congress that uh, they should not hand over the party to a person who can sort of give a completely different shape. And uh, there have been instances in the past, uh, be it the Narasimha Rao tenure or Sitaram Kesri. So uh, even that history where the family itself was challenged by non-Gandhis, uh, they would like somebody who would be uh, more open or amenable to suggestions uh, you know, I wouldn't want to use the word that BJP would like to use, but more uh, amenable to suggestions from the Gandhi family. So I think that is the key, that they would like to have a person who is open to their ideas, to their uh, suggestions. In fact, that was the reason why perhaps uh, Mr. Gelot lost out. As I said, to begin with, he never wanted the job. And after the rebellion, perhaps they had a rethink, which I have reported, and that's how Mr. Kharge came in, Malikarjun Kharge came in as plan B. What is surprising, though, is uh, you mentioned G23. You know, uh, people like Manish Tiwari and Anand Sharma not too long ago had questioned the validity of the Electoral College. They had questioned the process by which these 9,000 plus delegates uh, had been chosen or elected. In fact, they felt that there was no election per se. Congress had always been saying that uh, the process of election was such that all these delegates were elected or chosen by consensus. That was something that was contested by G23, and yet we find all of them, all of the, those uh, from the G23, except Mr. Tharoor, he was also a signatory to that letter. 23 people who had signed a letter to Sonia Gandhi in 2020 asking for internal reforms. Uh, so all of those people who are part who are part of 20, uh, G23, be it Manish Tiwari, Bhupinder Singh Huda, Mukul Vasnik, Anand Sharma, Prithviraj Chauhan, all of them 
have become proposers. So it was a show of unity, as I have written in my report today. Uh, and clearly they have caved in. Uh, in fact, Manish Tiwari tweeted uh, that there are some posts, he in fact quoted from late Pranam Mukherjee's memoir, where uh, Pranam Mukherjee is saying that there are some posts that cannot be sought, but it needs to be offered. And Congress president's post is such. Uh, thereby meaning that, you know, Sashi Tharoor is seeking that post, but it should have been offered to him. But I would say that Mr. Tharoor has been very consistent. You know, he has followed his conviction. He genuinely believes that Congress needs to up its game uh, from where it is. He, in his interview to the Hindu today and also in his press conference, he made it very clear that he believes that there is a section of neutral voters in India who are not ideologically biased, who is looking towards the Congress, but they find that there is lack of leadership. And he believes that he can provide that leadership whereby he can bring in more such neutral voters and improve Congress's electoral performance. Before I let you go, Sandeep, there's one other question which I'd like to ask you. You know, we talked about MLAs running away to other parties and we've seen it across states, you know, over the last few months and years. You mentioned Jitin Prasada and Jyote Raditya Sindhya, you know, as among the leaders who left and joined the BJP. We also know that the country is quite ideologically divided right now. And there are a lot of issues relating to, you know, secularism and India's identity, constitutional values, all that debate. Then we also have leaders like Amrinder Singh, who was the chief minister of Punjab, so a pretty powerful state, you know, of India who's now very much part and parcel of the BJP. He's merged his party into the BJP. Now we see Mr. Hulam Nabi Azad, you know, a stellar light of the Congress for, as he reminded us, for more than 50 years. He has now started a regional party. And all of us know the relevance of the regional party in JNK is because the acceptability level is more, you know, perhaps as if he's separate. But we also know that he might go with the BJP. So in that kind of situation, and even Mr. Gehlot, for that matter, you know, engineering the revolt, staying on as chief minister, all that. So doesn't this point to a very single, simple fact that all these guys are really power hungry? That's right. I mean, you know, see, you have to understand that Congress, I mean, you know, not too long ago, uh, political scientists would refer to the Congress party as not exactly a party, but the Congress system. There was this Congress system and it was the party uh, of power. Uh, It is not used to sitting in opposition. Uh, There are some leaders who were seen more as opposition leaders uh, than people in power. And uh, Congress was seen as, uh, you know, they are the, Congress is the party that is a natural party to rule. Uh, I think that theory or argument has been completely inverted. For the past, uh, since 2014, they not only lost uh, power in uh, in Delhi at the center, but uh, they have been consistently losing uh, state elections, assembly elections, either to the BJP or to regional parties or to the Aam Admi Party now, as was the case in Punjab. So quite clearly, many of these, you know, eight years is still is a long time. So many of these people, they are not used to staying out of power. And that is why uh, everybody is working out their own arrangements. So if you look at the youth, 
they believe that if the Congress, uh, as many say that Rahul Gandhi believes that he's there for the long haul and uh, he would continue to do his politics the way he does, even if it takes 20 years for the Congress to come back to power. So he's, as they say in Hindi, Lambe Reis Ka Ghoda. So he believes in continuing with his policy. Someday things will turn around. People will understand. But not everybody thinks like that. So many of these people, you know, opt for shortcuts to be in positions of power. Some people, as I said, have uh, made that shift to the BJP and has crossed that ideological divide. Some people haven't. For example, Sushmita Deb, who is now a Rajya Sabha member, uh, she crossed over to Trinamu. You know, she did not join BJP, but because she's been all along fighting, her politics has been all along against the BJP. So she joined the Trinamool. So yes, I mean, to answer your question that everybody has, uh, I mean, eventually they argue privately that they are in politics to achieve power. So if, if social service is all that they wanted to do, then they would have joined an NGO. But clearly they want power and they believe that uh, power is an instrument through which they can change things around. Uh, we all know that these are sort of lofty ideals, but uh, power is also thing uh, is something that you can also change your personal, uh, you know, situation. So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question that many of them are power hungry. And as I said that in the Congress system, it was not known that you would be sitting in the opposition for as long as eight years now. I mean, by the time it is 2024, they would have completed 10 years in the opposition. And that is something that uh, many of the old guard is not used to. Right. So, Sandeep, as usual, thanks uh, so much for sharing all your insights. Uh, as you said, uh, we'll watch the race and the ghoras and the horses and what they're doing in the Congress. And we'll return to you once we know what happens with the Congress party's presidential elections. Thank you very much for talking to the In Focus podcast, Sandeep. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.